Hi, I'm John O'Scott. He's Ben Strivens. Hi. And we, we watch, watch anything. anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know what to add to your list, or smash with your fist. Ding dong, merrily on podcast. I couldn't think of a more partridge thing to say. We are back. We Watch Anything is once more in your ears, ladies and gentlemen, in this land, with me and Jono. Jono, how are you doing? I'm very well, dude. I'm very well. I was wondering what you were going to do for episode 16. I thought, episode 16, (laughs) is he going to do Sweet 16, 16 Candles, or the fact that it's a Christmas one? Is he going to do something festive? I'm glad you went with festive. I wasn't expecting exactly what you said which i've now forgotten anyway so shall we move on hello how are you <laughs> i'm very well thanks well it was particularly um apposite that we did a bit of festive because um as a sort of klaxon that i want to sort of start at the sound at the beginning of this podcast we have changed our genre <gasps> the end of last podcast we decided we we're going to do sequels and we chose the sequels we watched the sequels and we realized that actually we were a bit too close to uh, Fat Man in a Red Suit time for us, us to not do Christmas movies. Yeah. So we did that sort of needle scratch on the record thing. We've shelled sequels until the next podcast. Yeah, which I'm really, 17. I'm quite impatient to talk about the sequels. Yeah, no, me too. It's, mm. it's, quite, it's, quite, it's been quite hard not talking about it. Um, and we went and we picked a whole bunch of uh, festive fun for your... Ears. Yes. <laughs> So, what is it? It's with F. No, it is. It's definitely an. It starts with an E. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. That's good. Right. You, you're a journalist. Aren't yeah. You? You know <laughs> yeah. I know all about this stuff. Words is very much my thing. Um, uh, yeah. We do, we're, we're doing Christmas films, which is exciting because there are a lot of Christmas films on Netflix. I should say we're not doing really any child orientated Christmas films, though. No, and in an office space sort of way, I'm going to have to stop you there. Oh. Um, because I, there were a lot fewer Christmas films on Netflix than I expected there to be. Maybe it's because we've seen some of them, but in general, I thought it would be there would be a deluge of um, of holiday favourites. There were very few classics, and maybe this is this might not apply to our US listeners because you have the pick of the crop, whereas over here in the UK we get a sort of smidgen of the same Netflix offering. So we didn't even have It's a Wonderful Life. There was, no, you know, although there was very... I'm sure It's a Wonderful Life has been on Netflix in this territory. Yeah, but it's gone now. Yeah. You thought they might have brought it back for Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, there were things like Jingle All the Way, Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard, But yeah. we've seen them, and so have people out there. And if you haven't seen Die Hard, after you finish listening to this podcast, go and watch it. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, it was. I thought it was actually relatively slim pickings. So what we've come up with, um, I hope, is actually quite exciting though, because you know, in the whole sifting the wheat from the chaff thing, um, I think we've done that job. We certainly have, and I, and I, I mean, I went a bit off piste actually, dude, and had a bit of fun just sort of watching the beginning of several Christmassy films, and did a little bit, yeah, oh. and, and so I've gone a bit off the Christmas round, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a couple more things that people should definitely, you know, frankly speaking, massively avoid that I stumbled upon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really was surprised realize- at the low quality actually. But you're right. No, well, I did, I did, I did feel like there were quite a few Christmas ones. But I agree, it is low on the Christmas classics. And um, yeah. like a lot of people, I was about to generalise and say our age, but I mean, I do think Die Hard's a, it's a, it's such a fantastic film, and its Christmassiness is one of the key ingredients into it. Into well, it's, it's so become awesome. one of those things where everyone sort of goes, "Well, you know, I just saw a Christmas movie," but and like it's it. People have been saying that for twenty years mm. now. It is a Christmas movie. It's become that in the pantheon. Mm. And um, I think it's all, you know, it's one of those, like, people cite it as an alternative choice. It's not an alternative choice. No. It's such a mainstream choice. No, now. exactly. And um, and out and another film like that that I always think of, I definitely associate with Christmas is Trading Places. I mean, it's not like that. It's, oh. it's not an action film. But, you know, that's that's one of my favourite sort of Christmassy films that's more than a Christmas film, isn't it? You know, it's, it's yeah, just absolutely. an awesome comedy, whatever. And um, There is an argument, though, for Trading Places that I've had frequently. Mm. Well, not in a sort of scary argument way, just in a, you know, <laughs> but it's it's a New Year movie, not a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that conversation. Possibly and that also you. saves me a bit because then I can put that after, I can watch it 
before Christmas and after Christmas, and that's fine. I probably watch Trading Places about five times a year. I really? Oh, yeah, cool. I love that. Because, oh, I mean, I absolutely adore it. And then um, just didn't watch it for, I should think, six, seven years. You know, really quite a long gap. And then rewatched yeah. it last year and just thought, if anything, it's better than I remember. You know, it was, oh, it's, it, it's, everything it's, about it's it stood film. up. It's just yeah. absolutely perfect. I love it. Yeah. Although I, it, it was a film also that made me realise that my daughter was too old to put anything on the telly. Because it was a few years ago, when she must have been three, I guess, two or three. Um, and I had training places sort of kicking off. Yeah. This was around the Christmas period. Yeah. Um, and there's the bit when Dan Aykroyd, has hit his, you know, he's hit rock bottom and he's dressed up as Santa with oh, a God, side yes. of salmon and stuff like that. And she saw that and she was like, oh, what's happened to Santa? <laughs> ah. All right, okay, this is now the time that I have to watch what I actually put on the TV. Although saying that, I did introduce her um, just this weekend mm. to a another crackingly classic Christmas movie that may be just a smidge too old for her, but she loved Tell me. Gremlins. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, good call. Yeah, good call. I'm saying yeah in that slightly way, but it's just because I really like Gremlins, but it never became a film that I, I I never got to know it as well as I know. I know loads of people who really know it like the back of their hand. I mm. think I've seen Gremlins four times. You know, really? overall, overall that time is you know it's it's not that many times really, is it? So I don't know it well, but I do remember liking it, and I agree, certainly a Christmassy film. Another one I'll throw in there when Harry met Sally. That's um got a definite Christmassy yes. vibe. Watched that last weekend also. Oh, did you? Okay, good call. Yeah. Good. So those, however, <laughs> as we've said before, are all quite well-known Christmas yeah. movies that many people have seen. A lot of them are on Netflix, but this is the problem because they were Jingle All The Ways on Netflix too, but I'm not going to count that as a Christmas classic. No. Um, although I do think Lethal Weapon is an oft-overlooked Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think anyway, that's on Netflix either. No, it's not. <laughs> well, it might not in the UK. Um, so... What we did have is three movies, and we've sort of gone a little pan um, genre y. Again, Christmas has been the overall genre, but these movies have spotted into other genres as well. Pan genre y. That's a really annoying yes. set of words you've come up with there. It is quite annoying, pan isn't it? Pan genre y. Yeah. Pan genre y. Anyway, go the on. E makes it quite particularly annoying, <laughs> I think. Um, so, because Christmas is a time of tradition, mm -hmm. And it has been traditional that you do the first film. Mm -hmm. I think, Jono, it's time for you to step up to the plate and do that first Christmas charade. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> um, yes, okay, well, here, here we go. My film has got such a generic Christmas scene title. My film's called Happy Christmas. Wow, how ever did they come up with that? <laughs> it's from 2014, so it's quite recent. Um, and it's got Anna Kendrick in it. So, you know, she's the big star, Anna Kendrick. I was quite excited about that. Um, and the plot is not... There's not a lot wrong with Anna Kendrick. No, oh, no, no. We, I, like, I like Anna Kendrick very much. Going back to our uh, love of Pitch Perfect. Well, exactly. Going back to Pitch Perfect. And, of course, she's been featured on this podcast before, as I'm sure she is aware, um, uh, when we did in The Voices. The Voices, which we both yeah. quite enjoyed. Um Anyway, she's in this, and it's Happy Christmas from 2014. It's an hour and 22 minutes long, and yeah. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it, because the plot is very simple in Good. that she is a 20-something, 20 27, I think she is, year old woman who has just, uh, she split up with a boyfriend. You don't see any of this, but she has, we've learned, split up with a boyfriend, and she is coming to Chicago to sort of restart, you know, start a fresh new life, and yeah. she's coming to live with her brother. Her brother... This is going to end up well. Her brother is a filmmaker. He's married, or his partner at least, is a writer, and they have a two-year-old boy. So they've got uh -huh. this sort of domestic, you know, vibe going, into which comes the, the, the little, I think she's younger, the little sister. And and that's essentially it. That is the, okay. the setup. But that's also it, as in... <laughs> the, there isn't that much plot in this film. Um, but basically, <laughs> well, the is it a sort of talky human interaction thing? Yes, the o the opening sort of thing that happens is that um, it, it one of the themes is that she's a she drinks too much, she gets stoned occasionally and stuff. She's basically she's got a slightly self destructive 
you know, d- destructive pattern of behavior going on. Okay. Yeah. But it's it's not that bad. You know, she's not like a massive, you know, she's not on crystal meth. It's not like fully depressing drama <laughs> stuff. It's just, she's drinking a bit heavily and like, um, and that's, so that's one of the things um, the mother uh, within the relationship, you know, the mother who's going out with the dude, that's the brother is one of her things. She's a writer and she's struggling to, you know, find her, um, her writing, uh, inspiration again Muse? yes yeah. so and that's another one of the plots so the the, the plot that there are the they're not so much narrative arcs as sort of narrative very very gentle sort of slight curves if you know what i oh. mean <laughs> but i don't necessarily mean that as a criticism now um hmm. but there isn't that much more to say i mean you can ask me any question you like but in terms of the plot that's kind of it it's just her over a few days living with her brother in this really cool basement because it's annoyingly cool their house as in the up bits just quite cool and then in the basement it's got all this kind of weird they explain they talk about it in the plot that like it's kind of got this amazing bar that apparently was put in by the previous owners and it just look it looks like a kind of frankly a sort of student kind of heaven it's all sort of yeah just like dimly lit there are loads of drinks everywhere <laughs> it looks kind of awesome and um oh, awesome so early on she she arrives and then that night Right near the beginning of the film, so first ten minutes, she arrives at her, there's hugs, hello, hello, and uh, then she goes to a party, and she's already had a couple of drinks before she goes out to the party. Then at the party, sensible, yeah. Then at the party, she's she gets really quite drunk, and passes out, and then this is the mm, first sort of yeah, first sort of bit of actual plot is that um, the people the party sort of ended. And she's just done that thing where she's drunk too quickly. You know, like she's passed out of the bed. They can't wake her up. So they have to, her friend has to ring the brother. He wakes him up in the middle of the night and he's obviously all grouchy. He drives over. And at this point in the film, I was thinking, because they were all talking like she had some big problem. And I was just thinking, <laughs> look, line up. All she did was get hammered yeah. at a party. Who hasn't by mistake got hammered? I once went to a party. I was really nervous about it because I didn't know anyone there. So I drank some mm. white wine in the car. I wasn't driving. Someone was driving me. And I fell asleep standing up in the kitchen of this party when people were all there. Like I'd only been there about like like 45 minutes. And the point is that like I just thought like, Will you please stop being like talking about her like she's got some big problem? She's just having a drink, and just ha- that is a bit. That is a bit of of. I, I, and I don't want to be um, stereotyping here, but I do think, and uh, I think people can be stereotyping the other way. Yeah. Like Americans do tend to be a bit more scandalised by drinking. We, I think, it's maybe, well, you know, there's prohibition era. There's the the legal drink age is higher. We all start drinking at the age of fourteen in parks, <laughs> and quite frankly. Having a bit of booze is quite normal. Yeah. Um, and I think we, I think as a nation, we're a lot less scandalised by someone getting a bit smashed. Yeah. It was just that, like, like I say, like, I can. The thing is, it was, it was all very well done within the film. The scene was quite realistic. Like the, I've been in situations where I've had to look after someone drunk, you know, and like had a host or hostess being quite annoyed that someone's being the idiot. But at the same time, yeah. it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of what happens when you have parties and drinking and stuff but anyway yeah absolutely it's part and parcel of it you always get one idiot and you always <laughs> yeah. get somebody's a bit smash rude. exactly exactly so so st- I, at first i thought oh god is it's it- definitely been us on some occasions <laughs> yeah, exactly i thought oh is this film is this going to be is this going to be i should by the way say i am now at the moment teetotal have been for two years so i do you know th- think about booze and its effect on people but i yes. still thought guys lighten up she's just you know a 20 something year old who's recently been been dumped or whatever she's allowed to yeah. get hammered anyway i think i made that point um but i so at this point in the film i was worried oh god is this going to be it is this going to be the the thing it's just all about her destructive behavior and the thing is it does stay as a kind of um theme as a theme within the film mm. but what is quite nice is that it never becomes the only thing i mean okay. i'm going to cut ahead to to, I'm going to I'm going to tell you a bit more about who else is in it, okay? Before I tell you about yeah. my review, so this is uh, the brother is played by Joe Swanberg. Do you know him? Mm, I, the name sounds familiar. I, I don't. I can't picture. I his face. think you'd recognise him. Have you seen Your Next? Oh, you know, that's a slasher movie where they put on the sort of animal heads. Yes, I have. I really liked it. Well, anyway, he's in that as the most irritating of the brother, the slightly oh, sort okay. of the slightly sort of. Um, I suppose he's the most conventional brother in that. 
not the bearded one. But either way, he's he's he he's he stars as the brother. He also wrote and directed this. He did he oh, okay. he did the main thing. And basically, he's a bit of a one man film industry, as in he seems to churn out a lot of films like sure. this. Um, then the wife is Melanie Linsky, a Kiwi actress who was in Heavenly Creatures. Oh, I've never seen Heavenly Creatures. Have you not I seen don't... that? No, oh, I really liked it. I've not seen it for years, but I remember really liking it. I was sure you'd seen that. Yeah, no, it's one of those things that slipped through the net, and then it was like there was so much stuff happens after that you go, oh, I just don't have time to catch yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, then Lena Dunham is the is oh, yeah. is Anna Kendrick's friend, and she's obviously quite big and important at the moment because she's done. I've not actually seen it yet, but she's done Girls, the that TV pro series Girls. Have you watched that yet? No, her. I haven't. I've heard it's but really she good. was, and she's in something I else I saw quite recently. Yeah, and I, I can't remember what. But just all right. Well, you you try and remember that. And Mark Webber's in it as well, as and he and you'd recognise him because he's the lead singer of Sex Bomb. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Um. So Mark. Uh, oh, she was in Tiny Furniture. That's what she was in, which is all shot on the Canon Seven D. Interesting. Oh, it? that is interesting. Um. Mm. Okay, so. I mean, basically, I really quite enjoyed this. I really did. Oh, good. And but the thing is, right? So the director Joe Swanberg has made a whole. As I say, he's a bit of a one man, um, just film industry because he does yeah. improvisational stuff. Mm-hmm. This is just oh, what, a sort of yeah. This is just what he does. So if you are wanting a film with lots of things happening, you might be annoyed and disappointed. It is. It has got that sort of mumblecorey thing going on mm-hmm. that some people just find irritating, and frankly, I find irritating sometimes. But I didn't find it irritating in this. It's quite sort of um, the foot. It, it, it's just filmed really nicely. It's got. It looks quite grainy at times. And but I read somewhere that this is the first time he shot in on sixteen mil film rather than digital. So maybe, but okay. I don't know enough. But either way, it looked quite good. Um, I must say, it didn't make me want to watch all his films. But I did. Come, yeah, yeah. I, but I did come away thinking, yeah, he he's done a good job. And it's just, although nothing that much happens i kind of just believed you know we were talking about what was that horror film that we didn't like very much uh invoked you know invoked we kind of we didn't like it but we did admit that they'd the actors had obviously put in a lot of work and seemed like real people in that sense this is so much better than invoked but again they're just it's impressive they feel like real people they look like real people i believed every Mm -hmm. single character in this I believed I was watching a, a group of people and it's like, I suppose it's like a kind of a short story or a, or, a, or, a, or a vignette, you know, rather than necessarily a sort of long narrative film where you've got a totally yeah. satisfying beginning, middle and end. Um, but I still liked it. I just enjoyed it. I thought I thought there was quite a nice soundtrack in a kind of, um, you know, in that slightly sort of indie, um, beardy kind of... Oh, yeah. Kind of... A sort of in a garden state kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Had that kind of... Beard and jumpery, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Um, and it's got like so the Kiwi actress was really good. So there, there is some tension, you know. They get they do get stressed with Anna Kendrick's character, but there's this quite good. Yes. But at the same time, they, they, it's just quite sweet because it's not just all about that. And like there's this quite cool scene where the, she's trying to get the Kiwi writer to sort of start writing basically, um, uh, you know, erotic novels. And then there's this quite funny, quite extended scene which you see in two sections where they're mm. just discussing, you know the different words they could use for female private parts versus male private right. parts. And it's all just, it's just quite, it's just quite sweet. Relatively gentle. Very, very gentle. Mm. Not much happens. Oh, in fact, oh, but the best thing about it is, um, like, I was really impressed with the two-year-old kid in it. Because, yeah, so, like, this, this couple have a baby. Yeah. And I was just really impressed with how, <laughs> with the acting of this two-year-old toddler, how much they they seem to have a real sort of connection with him. And I just thought, oh god, they must have they must have really got to know him. They must have looked after him for ages. But it turns out it's the director's son. Oh, fine. So, so yeah, cheat. Massive <laughs> <laughs> cheat. I, I guess my real question for you, because mm. it sounds, I mean, this sounds quite appealing. Mm. Um, my real question for you is though, does it feel Christmassy? Does it have a sort of warm Christmassy vibe to it? I, Do you... That was the next section I was going to come to in that. Mm. No, I didn't come away feeling particularly Christmassy. I don't think it, as a Christmas film, is that Christmassy. But at the same time, it's got it's a, it's it's about a sort a sort of small family unit. So coming together for Christmas. So it's got that. But no, it didn't. It didn't make me feel jingly. It didn't make me think. You know, sleigh bells. You know, whatever. Why don't? Why, yeah. why did I just sing the word <laughs> sleigh, sleigh bells? Roast you on open fire. 
Yeah, exactly. It didn't make me think of sleigh bells or roasting. Um, no. Yeah, so I, no, I wouldn't say... It's not the kind of thing you've got to go, ooh, it's getting a bit cold. Oh, maybe I'll watch that film with Anna Kendrick that I can't remember the name Happy of. Christmas. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I will necessarily watch this again. And it didn't make yeah. me want to rush out and watch all of his films. But equally, it didn't make me want to avoid them. And I think if you're in the wrong mood for this, it could irritate the piss out of you. Because it's like, a, that mumblecore thing can be annoying if you're not in the mood for it, can't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I liked it. But if you're not... I thought, oh, okay. I thought they were all very... It's really good acting, blah blah I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Praise indeed. Yeah. Into the B camp. Yeah. I like it. Well, I think I might well check that out. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. It's nice. With my long commute. Oh, and it's only an hour and 22 minutes long. Perfect. Nice and short. All right. Nice one, dude. Um, Love to you. Well, I uh, was very, you know, that was very well structured. I liked it. Good. I, on the other hand, um, watched a very different movie. Good. Um, mine had a very different title. Have you forgotten the this title? Terrible, yes. <laughs> You've forgotten the title, haven't you? I can see it. I've remembered it again. Okay. Uh, no, so, I, so yeah, I on the other hand watched a very different movie. It was, uh, even though it had sort of, it, it was, it was a, yeah, it, it, was, it, it still feels sort of indie-ish, but it comes from a very different place. called Angels Sing. Angels Sing, okay. right. Uh, and very very much rooted in christmas the whole whole, this movie doesn't work without christmas at all um you have a a panoply of musical stars so you have um uh uh, 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 harry connick jr you have willie nelson this is your second harry connick jr film isn't it it? is yeah you have you have lyle lovett as well oh yes you have okay Chris Christopherson, I think you can count as a musical person. Definitely. Did, so, yeah. yeah. So you've got those four in there. Um, and then, as well, you have Connie Britton, who I'm a particular fan of. Um, Connie Britton? I mean, Connie Britton? She's the she's wife, the wife she's in, coach's um, wife in Friday Night Live. Yes. Oh, yes, she's amazing. Love of the Pieces. Yeah, and she's, she's also awesome. in um, um, American Horror Story. That, that Yes, she is. Yeah. She is. She's, yeah, so she's in two of my favourite TV series in the last numpty fumpty years. Yeah. Um, and she, uh, yeah, anyway, generally love Connie Britton. Yeah, um, there is a kid who is veers between being okay and mildly irritating. And then there are a few other sounds bit like players. Sounds like all the kids I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sounds like, and there's a few other bit players who you recognise from um, bits and pieces. Right. Uh, essentially, plot of the movie is that uh, Harry Connick Jr. Um, and uh, Connie Britton are married with a son. They are about to get turfed out of their house because they're renting and the owner is selling the house. And so they're house hunting. On top of that, they have a lot of pressure from Harry Connick Jr.'s family to go and visit them. Uh, it seems like these guys, uh, Harry Connick Jr. and Tony Britton and son, live in Austin in Texas. Mm. And his family live in San Antonio, so it's not a million miles away. Um but they have to go, they go there for Thanksgiving, and then there's a lot of pressure from both his son and from his dad for them to come for Christmas as well. And you slowly begin to realise that Harry Connick Jr. is a little lukewarm on his family and really hates Christmas. Oh, and his sister, in a giant bout of awesomeness, um, his sister is uh, Dana 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 Wheeler Nicholson, which is a name. That might not mean that much to you. No, should. that's not coming to me. Who's she? Fletch. She's Gail in Fletch. She's the love interest. Oh, oh, yes, yes. She, oh, which, oh, what was she? I saw her in something else recently. She's in the TV series Nashville, and she's isn't she in Friday Night Lights as well? Yes, she is yes. also in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's really yeah, fun yeah. That. She is in Friday oh, Night yeah. Lights as well. Oh, yeah, she's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's fab. Really love her. She's cool. So it's a great supporting cast. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, so his sister comes along to Thanksgiving and she's very family, family, family and Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. But he is, um, Harry Potter Jr. is Mr. The Grinch. So he doesn't really want to go. And they go to Thanksgiving and he's already promised his son they'll come there for Christmas. And then halfway through the meal at Thanksgiving, he goes, yeah, we're not coming here for Christmas. <laughs> um, and you rather predictably you find out it's because a tragedy occurred at Christmas. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and is it too uh, spoilerific to, to to reveal? No, why? I don't think so. His uh, he and his brother were skating on a lake, and his brother died. Oh, so it's a bit like it's a wonderful life, only death. Yes, um, and so this, along with this sort of you know the Christmas family plot. Oh, as they leave after Thanksgiving, um, Harry Connick Jr.'s dad says, "Oh, well, just let the boy come and spend five days with us before Christmas," um, and because he wants to go and put the lights up on the house, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. They get back to Austin, and Harry Connick Jr. goes mountain biking, and uh, in a moment I'll come back to later, gets surprised by a reindeer, and breaks his bike. Oh. And he's walking his bike back home, and he comes across the world's most awesome house, owned by Willie Nelson. What, the Willie Nelson playing himself? Uh, no, 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 Willie Nelson playing a guy called Nick. Oh, okay. Um, and Willie Nelson, through some sort of weird... Um, uh, through some sort of weird plot twist, decides to sell him the house for absolutely nothing. Oh. Well, not actually nothing, but for half its value, because he wants it to go to a good family who will respect the traditions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want that to happen to me. Oh, my God. Seriously, <laughs> this house is unreal. Although, actually, it also prom- promotes a, a very surprising thing, which I'll also talk about later. Look at me stacking and racking. <laughs> yeah, um, <no. laughs> but he goes, yeah, he buys his house, he moves the, the family in, and then it turns out that this house is on a world-famous street. Right. And the thing that is world-famous about the street... Murder. ...is... Yes. Oh, really? No, oh. ...is Christmas lights. Oh, I see. And this is the biggest house on the street and the one most famed for its biggest Christmas lights. And there is the awesomeness of Lyle Lovett as his neighbour, who basically is obsessed with Christmas. Um, to the point where he's sort of spraying their lawn with foam and putting up trees and things like that, trying to make him decorate his house in a very love love it deadpan kind of way. Um, and all of the neighbours, the whole there's this very bizarre scene where the whole street turn up successively. I mean, this stuff's gone for far too long, but each one of them is playing a different instrument or singing in a different way, and they deliver them Christmas lights to put up. Just opens the door and there'll be someone playing a banjo. Opens the door and there was someone playing a guitar, um, and it basically it turns into. Yeah, lots of um, singing and music happening. And he does at some point say, doesn't, does everyone here play an instrument? And they said, yeah, well, it's Austin. Um, which, you know, many famous bands have come out of Austin and it is a great mm. you know, cultural capital. Um, and that's sort of like, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I, well, then, actually, no, it's not in a nutshell. Then a tragedy occurs. Oh. An unfortunate event. Oh, dear. Which makes him rethink. His anti-Christmas his, vibes. His relationship with Christmas. Oh, yes. good. Um, and uh, it being a Christmas movie, and I know you're going to want to know this, it's all all right in the end. Oh, good. Yes, but you never. I don't think you're ever. That, ever. The, the tone of the film is is the kind of one that you think this is going to deliver a happy ending kind of thing. You're not thinking everyone this is going to be mown down by gunmen or anything. No, no. it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not a sad ending kind of movie. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's it, really. There's um, there's a lot of singing. Yeah. A lot of a lot of musicians is, in it. Is Willie Nelson in it a lot? He's in it. He sort of flits in and out. Because I, I, I like the odd Willie Nelson song, but I've never, oh, act, yeah. I don't think I've ever actually seen him act. Was he good? No. No, really. But <laughs> I said, bizarrely though, he's fantastic in Wag the Dog. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, which I, I love that movie. That's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but he's and Love Love It isn't very good either. But he's he's very Love Love It is very David Lynchy. Yeah, I know he, he's yeah. particularly otherworldly and odd. He is odd. He's, um, like, a, he's like yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree. I was about to say something weird, but about him. He, I mean, he looks. He he scares me slightly. Frankly, he slightly <laughs> freaks me out. Anyway, carry yeah. on. And Harry Connick Jr. isn't very good either. No. Or I could say Harry Connick Jr. isn't very good. I just pronounced it like a weirdo. Um, and frankly, the script is appalling. Oh. I mean, it's it's giant tubs of schmaltz and cheese, and right from the beginning, you are groaning because the, the interaction with Harry Connick Jr. and his son is dreadful. Mm. And I was really, really not enjoying this movie until the reindeer moment. <laughs> and the reindeer moment is such genius comedy because <laughs> it just sort of stands and turns him. It's got like a bridle, a, a sanctuary bridle on. Just sort of goes meh. 
Curly Jr. just flies off his bike. And I actually laughed out loud. And it was awesome. And at some reason, that slightly broke the dam. And then I love it just being this random neighbour obsessed with Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) A catalogue of things happened. And I'm always going to be, like I say, Colin Britton was fab. Um, So was Dana, Willow Nicholson. Both absolutely great. And very likeable and very warm characters. Chris Christopherson's looking... Well, I realised the last time I saw him in anything was Blade. And he looks, or, you know, the Blades. And, what y- and he looks what year very is this? different from the Blades. This is 19... No, this is 2014, I believe. Oh, I mean, is oh wow. 2013, apologies. Yeah, you're it. right. I, I suppose I haven't seen him since Blade, and he looked pretty grizzled no. in that. Yeah, yeah no, he doesn't look grizzled. He just sort of looks like he's, you know, just turning into an old gentleman. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really gearing up to be quite scathing about this, and it being some sort of terribly schmaltzy, poorly written holiday cash-in movie. Um, And I just can't bring myself to do it because I started to kind of enjoy it. Like, it's really cheesy. And it is basically, it's sort of like a music video because it's just full of different people singing songs. But at the same time, there's something about it that is quite Christmassy and it is quite warm and it is quite nice and it occasionally has moments of funniness and it has moments of sort of, you know, tragedy, but they're not, you, you get over it. And there's, the message is very simple and it hits it home with a sledgehammer, but I really found it very hard to hate. And I found it quite easy just to rock along with it after a while. You know, that sounds nice. And you know what I like, I'm liking about the sound of it is that like my film, you know, not, not modern or edgy, but it was quite a sort of, you know, mine was definitely an indie film. It sounds like yours was a proper old fashioned going for a certain type of Christmas kind of movie feel. This is an absolute sort of hallmark um, <laughs> old, yeah, old-fashioned style movie. And maybe I think that's slightly the problem with it, is that it's a bit of an anachronism, and it would have been it would have been a bit more charming had it been from the 50s or something. Yeah, yeah. That being said, the script is a problem. Really? Um, and you get past it, because it, overall, it's quite charming, but it is not something, you know, I'm not going to be rushing out to find more examples by the writer of wonderful things they've done because frankly it is a gigantic cheese fest oh, well, it's, I, I still think it's, it's actually based on a novel which is interesting oh really I... by someone called Turk Pippin or Turk Pipkin which is the most hilarious <laughs> that's a name. very festive name yeah. hello Turk Pipkin here <laughs> that's like a friend of Mr Tumnus yeah exactly yeah. it is the only thing on IMDB written by the writer ah well, it could mean it's um, a pseudonym. Yes, Lou Burney is called. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's really, it's it's just, it's all right. Well, that just sounds, I, right. I'm really pleased. I love it when a film, it sort of wins you over despite together. being quite bad. You know, that's quite a nice feeling when you yes. just, it's like a sort of like, like seeing someone in, I don't know, looking a bit shambolically dressed, but somehow they're making it work kind of thing. That's just cool that yeah. you liked it. I like, I like the sound of it. I mean, it's a very solid C minus, but mm. you know, a C is still a watchable movie, as far as I'm concerned, and it is it's watchable. I'm intrigued by the cast as well. It sounds like it's got quite a cool cast. Yeah, it, oh, it's great for you know just going to see Connie Britton being Connie Britton. Like yeah. seriously, every time the woman says "y'all," I just uh, I melt. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she says "y'all" better than anyone else in the universe. Yeah. I, I want to know people who say "y'all." I'm talking but, about um, Americans saying things um, in my film. There's a lot of oh, and I was like, and I was like, and there I was so like. There's a lot. Oh, of no, that. This is, so if you, this it, is very. If just generally, people get irritated with that. I was so like, I was so like. So if you get irritated yeah, yeah. with that, my film had a lot of that, but it doesn't bother me. Anyway, no, sorry. This, to this was rooted heavily in its Texas roots, and it was all the better for it. Cool. Um, I've been to San Antonio. Have you? Yeah. I'd like to go to Austin. I've been to Austin. Well, aren't you the fancy fancy traveller? Not really. It was in 1993 or four, and I think I just stayed in motels in both places. Oh, yeah, a bit disappointing. Yeah, I have a friend from Austin, but I've never visited. <laughs> these are great stories we've got here. They are. They, we could just do a whole po- podcast of these. <laughs> We're like Peter Houston off. Um, um, yeah, right. So that's it. I mean, there's not there's not much more to say. Angels sing. Um, if you fancy something a bit festive and Christmassy, and you can get if you can get yourself up to the point where Harry Connick Jr. is surprised by a reindeer, then I think you might well find yourself locked into an hour and a half's basically Christmassy enjoyment. That sounds fantastic. Now, briefly, dude, I want to quickly cut in 
and um, mention a couple of the other films that I dipped into that I really think people should, frankly, avoid, but there's something quite funny about it. Do. The first one is Mandy and the Forgotten Christmas. Now, this is a Mandy quite, film. I thought... it, it, it's, 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 I think this could be all right for children, but it's... I thought there was promise there. No, well, yeah, I, it, it, does, it wasn't very promising when I started it, I, and I, but I really want people to actually turn it on and laugh at the costumes because the costumes it's set in this sort of like i guess the turn of the century as in around the year 1900 in america and it's all about these girls in a kind of like it seems like a little sort of boarding school type thing but anyway everyone in it is wearing these really sort of polyestery kind of clothes this made me feel really really sorry for them they all look really hot and itchy (laughs) so that's the reason to watch that and the other one I dipped into was called On Angel Wings, which was an interesting thing in that it was British and it has an amazing cast, which I've now forgotten, but Celia Imri and, and, and just loads of really interesting Not British stars. But oh. it did, it really, I found that it, it pretty unwatchable. Really quite a bad oh, script. Oh, really? Sounds like a terrible soap opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's all about someone, his mother gets um, hit by a car and goes into a coma and then he wants, you know, start. he wants her to come out of the coma before right. Christmas or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those the films where it just like, looks like you've just stepped in Fox. Boot. Yeah, I would avoid. But anyway, just thought I'd pop that in there. Thanks. Anyway, well, that brings us nicely round to the movie we both watched. Mm. I don't think it does bring us nicely round to that, <laughs> but I'm going to just take us there anyway. Feel free to come. We, um, as we talked about, sort of cross genre hopping. So we had a sort of indie mumblecore. Mm-hmm. We've had a um, fairly by the numbersy kind of sentimental Christmas movie. Yeah. And then for the movie we both watched, we just did what we do. It was a default setting and went horror. (laughs) But not just any horror. No. An iteration of the Krampus legend. Now, Krampus itself, the the big version of Krampus, came out last year, I believe, and was quite well received. Yes, although, I mean, it's not the first Krampus. I mean, neither neither this film or the other film is the first. There's been other Krampus-y films about Krampus as a thing. Oh, sure. But anyway, yes, there was a fairly well, as you say, fairly well received. Yeah, it was 2015 it came out, yes. Made by Michael Doherty. Right. That's who did it. Anyway, look, Krampus, we should explain, mm. is a folklore thing, isn't it? I think it's sort of like, it's, it's sort of Austrian, Bavarian type folklore thing. And it's, yes, and it's, it's, it's sort of, it's basically like Christ, Antichrist. Krampus is like an anti-Father Christmas, isn't it? It's a sort yeah, of... Yeah, the anti-Santa. Yeah, kind of a half... I quite like to call him the anti-Santa. Yeah, <laughs> anti-Santa's good. <laughs> and he... And just so if Father Christmas rewards the good children, Krampus turns up and rewards the bad. Now, dude, by the way, just just for interest, dude, because this was making me think, think about my Christmas as a child, yeah. I do remember getting threatened with physical violence. No, with um, the idea... <laughs> I remember the idea of being... I can't remember if it was my sisters or at school, but like the idea of like a stocking filled with bones or ash if you weren't good. Did you ever get anything like that? No, that's just, <laughs> Is that just my weirdness. Yes, that's either your weird family or your weird school. <laughs> we got threatened with physical not bones. getting anything, yeah, but not actually a sort of bones or ash <laughs> or claws or blood. Well, or dear listeners, ripping. Ben is now openly scoffing. Did anyone else get threatened with bones or ash at Christmas? I want to. If you did, please call. No, um, I would like to. I'm very much you. hoping that I am in the minority just for comedy value. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so um, so Krampus is this kind of anti. It's it's kind of it's if you look, it's quite interesting to look him up on Wikipedia actually. Krampus just as a thing, like kind of you know, because um, it's just an interesting folklore tale, and he's kind of like half goatee, half demony kind of thing. A half goatee. Yeah, yeah, like you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. small beard. <laughs> anyway, that's what Krampus is. What's this film, Ben? Tell us the title. Well, this is called Krampus: Colon, The Christmas Devil. From? Uh, from uh, 2013. How long so is it, Ben? We've kept it very contemporary. Yes, I know we have. We've done well. So I'm just going to fire loads of annoying questions at you about the film. <laughs> just, Who directed it? Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so Krampus, the Christmas Devil, and... Um, 82 minutes long. <laughs> well done. Released in Dolby Digital, colour, <laughs> with an asset ratio of 1.78 1. 7, 1. to 1. Well, anyway, it's all about a, a police officer living in, I think it's an unnamed, fairly generic part of America, isn't it? But yeah, cold and snowy. Small town America, I think. Small town America. <laughs> oh, God, that reminds me of Ross Meyer. 
Yes, that's don't exactly say small that's town that. America like that. Small town. <laughs> oh God! What a horrible flashbacks. Anyway, so it's this police officer who you. I'd quite like to see a Russ Meyer Christmas. Hilarious. <laughs> it starts with a flashback. This film, where you see a little boy, where you just see a creature, a kind of creepy thing. It's a, it looks a bit like a, a thing wearing a cowl or a dressing gown yeah. or something. Yeah, well, kind of a Father Christmas outfit but in black or something. Yes. And, it, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. dragging behind him a sack and you can hear sort of like... A struggling sack. A, strugg- <laughs> a struggling sack. And then he breaks he breaks this, he goes to a pond which is iced over, he br- breaks the ice and is obviously about to throw the sack in the pond. Then it cuts to a mother, a worried mother who's rigging someone going, oh, where is my son? Yeah. Then you see a little boy escape from the sack while I know Krampus is looking over there. <laughs> I think Krampus is writing on his list. He's crossing the name of the naughty child off his list. Oh, that's right. Thank you, dude. Anyway, and it turns out that this is a flashback in the mind of the the little boy who's become a man and is now a police officer in this small town. Yeah. And then uh, cutting a long story short, you know, it's quite a short story really, but cutting it even shorter, there have been disappearances in this town which this policeman is investigating and he comes to realize that it's connected well he starts to believe that it's this evil presence that haunted him as a child is now taking children today what do you look like you want to say something well relatively early on he finds out that it is because he encounters the evil presence oh yeah when does he when does he encounter him remind me about half an hour in, oh, and he yeah. goes with the assault squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the assault squad. I'd forgotten them. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yes, he go, he he tools up with some other. Are they supposed to be other police officers, or are they just passing I'm militia? I'm not quite sure. I I don't, I don't know whether they were vigilantes or other police officers, but they were um, semi paramilitary and they had weapons. However, that yeah, is they seem not to be old mates. No, and they kind of yeah. he, he, they meet in, they meet in a bar and then say, okay, we're going to go out Krampus hunting. And they yeah. and then they go out and and yeah, and they run into and um, run foul of yeah to some extent. A couple of them die. Krampus. Yeah, our man almost dies. Also dies. But am I right? So one thing I don't quite understand. But there's also another evil presence in the community, isn't there? Was that the idea? I'm not. No, I thought it was just Krampus. No, was it just Krampus? Oh, yeah, I think it was just Krampus. Wasn't it? What, what was the creepy girl doing then? That creepy girl who seemed to kill someone at one point. Or did oh, I I'm dream not sure. That? But there's that. But there was that bit when well, the 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 police officer's um wife gets kidnapped. There are other there are other evil people within this film. There are other people, Krampus, but, the, but it's all. I think it all. I thought it all sort of came down to the lovely to Krampus. Krampus. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, um, there is. If you want to talk about a Christmas miracle. I think this is a good place to start. And this has performed several miracles, this movie. Miracle number one is it took half a million dollars at the box office. What did you just say? It took half a million dollars at the box office. I can't... What? Miracle number two... Yeah. Okay. After it had been theatrically distributed, Netflix then... I imagine paid to purchase this and put it on their streaming service. Well, this was a thing I was going to query. Go on. I, without a word of a lie, I have watched some bad movies on this um, for this podcast. I've watched I've watched Big Stan that made me uh, angry. Angry. I've watched um, uh, that horrible. Um, my boyfriend's Death back. Thing. Oh no, going, but my boyfriend's back. Oh, why did that pop into my head? My boyfriend's oh, back's amazing. Crazy. You can't find anywhere. But, um, <laughs> I've still got the VHS. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, Life Without Dick, which Sorry. was just turgidly awful. Yeah. But all of them, both of them, everything bad we have seen has been made with a certain level of professionalism. Yes, apart from maybe, I mean, you did accuse um, oh, uh, the Ouija experiment of being a bit amateur hour, I remember. The Ouija experiment was Citizen Kane <laughs> compared <laughs> to the crimes of Krampus the Christmas Devil. This is so bad, people, but you do need to put it on. You need to put it on. 
I, actually, I played bits of it for someone today at work. The in the opening voiceover, I didn't think the movie had started. I thought it was a cheaply made ad for a charity. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I thought, actually. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, that's the film. Then the opening credit sequence is some weird video effect from the 1980s. The camera work is handheld, handy cam footage with autofocus on. Because occasionally the focus will slip from the main character because the autofocus is detected another area of contrast somewhere else. I was going to draw. I was going to mention the focus because the thing is, right? Ben's in the trade. Ben's in the televisual trade in some way, and he and he's very good at noticing things like this. I'm much more of a layman. I noticed the same thing. The focusing was awful. <laughs> and the the framing of the shots, mm. like it's it was classic. A lot of times you see people come out of film school and they film every two shot dialogue. Really, everything is an over the shoulder shot right right um and then you watch most movies and you realize that most movies aren't made over the shoulder like kurosawa said all he needs to film a movie is an anamorphic 50 mil lens bang on you can get wide movies are wide watch drive drives a really tiny personal film but actually everything's filmed at 35 mil or thereabouts and it's wide it's like there's space to breathe in that frame krampus is made krampus looks like krampus the um the christmas devil looks like a kid's a 15 year old kid's project for a school media class. I... When he's borrowed his parents' handicap and hasn't learnt yet how to take it out of autofocus, <laughs> auto exposure, auto iris. It is astounding. I'm in agreement. <laughs> I I just I, I I it's funny. This is Is this a Z? I don't no, know. God, no, sure no, 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 no. It's not so bad, it's good. No, 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 no. Sinbad was awesome. Sinbad of the Seven Seas, whatever it was that I watched, that I wanted to call a Z film. That was so much fun. It was really awfully bad, but it was so this much fun. This isn't fun. This is just sort of an, an amateur. This is a curio. Yeah, I this think... is like a, this is a turn it up for ten minutes. Wonder how anyone ever managed to sell this, and then I sort of want to kind of find the director Jason Hull and go, how did you? do this well this is the thing dude this was what i was going to mention is that like i i really dislike this film i got to the end and and even though it's only an hour and 22 minutes long that seemed to go on forever oh I was, my I was, word i was checking my watch every couple of minutes i know so I is this not done I yet? Wait it... For it. but as well like you could tell that they were kind of they didn't have enough material and they were just filling yeah there was like a scene when, <laughs> when he's just having like the cops having a drink on his own and they just hold the scene for ages and just go, this is just so you've got another minute of footage so you can say it's over an hour, so you can sell it as a feature. And then the end. I mean, it ends, and there's about 10 minutes. Right, so it's an hour and 22 minutes long. Very short film. I swear about 10 minutes of that is the final credits. The final credits are incredibly <laughs> long for a film that probably, oh, just with such a low budget and with all the people, you know, it's like a classic thing where it's obviously like a bunch of mates, you know, helping each other out. Lots of people in the film are also behind the camera. Yeah. But yeah, but oh no, what I was going to say is that like, to me, I thought, you know, when every now and then you hear about those kind of weird communities of militia, quite often they're white supremacists. Yes. I'm not saying these people are white supremacists, by the way, but you, you know, you, it seemed to me like a film I could imagine them making. <laughs> Some kind of weird, independent, non-American state of like just gun-toting goons. Who decided to make a movie, but it's it's just it's mind-boggling on top of yeah i uh so i watched it like i said with um with uh an editor i worked with today and we watched i showed him bits of it we counted uh just after the credit sequence when he gets a our hero gets out of bed and we, before he says a line of dialogue he opens and closes seven doors. And there are these sequences of him opening a door, walking through it, getting to the next room, opening another door, walking through it. But the very best thing is the final door in this sequence is his captain's door. And he knocks on it, and it's a big wooden door with the captain's nameplate. And you hear from the other side of the door someone going, come in, and it, it comes around, as has for the previous seven shots, to someone walking through a door to get the POV of him walking through the door. And the door has suddenly turned into one with a huge glass panel. <laughs> it doesn't go back and check this out. It's about six minutes in. Yeah, no, I um, remember it. Well, I don't but remember the that door, part, but yeah. 
There isn't even door continuity. He knocks on, <laughs> he knocks on a big wooden door and suddenly he opens one covered in glass. It's awesome. The, the actor who plays his boss actually was particularly kind of amusingly poor, I thought. And just the only thing, the only thing that I sort of thought that was not, well, I, I don't think you, this is, this isn't a recommendation because this, no, this isn't a Z film. This isn't so bad. It's good. This is for me, definitely just an E, an E minus, but I think, an e as minus. you say, it's I think a, f- a curio. Is, no, it's an E because you have to, it's an E because you have to sort of watch it. Yeah. And I, th- but, but I think curio is a good way of describing it because it is, as you say, it's just interesting that it's on Netflix at all. I would like to, I would be fascinated to know how it got on Netflix. I, you know, I, you, you say like, I wonder if Netflix paid, but I wonder if they did. I mean, maybe it's, you know, like kind of just a weird thing where, okay, we'll put it on the streaming service, but bloody blah, you know, maybe no money. Who knows? But the thing I is that a, loads of people suspicion. watch this because it's got a vaguely passable looking poster. And yes, the there's been a decent. film recently called Krampus that is big. So oh, there will be it, so many people. on the Krampus thing. Yeah but, yeah. No, but this came before the Krampus thing. But, I know. Oh, but but, no, no, but I mean, they're hosting yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I, I used to feel really sorry in a very sort of silly, empathetic way for these um, for kids and their parents or grandparents who kind of did that thing where they, you know, when DVDs were a thing. Mm. And maybe they'd go into the DVD store and they'd buy. They'd be like, oh, that um, hangover's really popular he'll love the hangover but actually it wasn't the hangover it was called the handover or something like that and they're just all these like terrible around movies and then just like get this christmas present and go oh thanks it's the nearly that movie <laughs> cast about <laughs> and, uh, this is one of those movies where you give it to someone and they go oh wow krampus oh uh, oh oh my other theory is, and this is, I, I, I need to delve into this because it's only a theory I've just come up with because it's only, I've just seen the, the thing. This has actually won some awards. What? From the fantastic film horror film festival in San Diego. Now, I do not know what the fantastic horror film festival in San Diego is. If anyone does know, um, maybe you've been, or maybe you've even, you know, if you're a budding filmmaker or a filmmaker, you've exhibited something there, let us know. Because right now, I'm wondering if it's a kind of, if it's a kid thing, or if maybe the first, pro- like, winning best feature film was, you know, the chance to get your film exhibited or your film to Netflix or something. Yeah. Or if it's just voted on by people who are drunk. Yeah. Like, I just, I, it won Best Supporting Actor for the, for the um for Richard Gutierrez. It won Best Director, it won Best Original Score, it won Best Feature Film. Wowzers. It was appalling. And it has also, you know, I like a bit of genre cinema and I like sticking to the conventions of genre. But when you've got a woman a semi naked woman tied up in a cave. Yeah, for no for reason. No apparent reason. And the camera just lingers on the shot of her bottom for as long as humanly possible before moving. You go, Yeah. Yeah, it's that sort of that sort of exploitation to the point of being a bit like, oh, no, yucky. Yeah, it just as well, it just made me think, is this whole thing is just like some, was it just some creepy excuse because like, wanted the, to get the entire naked? film only exists because the director wanted to try and get this particular actress naked. The only thing I'd yeah. say is interesting in ways. No, 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 God. No, back up, back up. The only thing that sort of afterwards made me sort of vaguely chuckle was that the... The actor who played Father Christmas, because Father Christmas appears in this as well, because he's Father supposed Christmas to be Christmas is horrible. Oh no, I know, I know, I know. Hear me out, dude. Yeah, it's just that the actor who plays Father Christmas. I mean, he could have been in doing exactly the same performance. He could have been playing a farmhand, a ranch owner, yeah. an oil billionaire, <laughs> a bloke who worked in a petrol station. A, a, a police you know, chief. A police chief. He could have been anything. He just he happened to be Father Christmas. But yeah, Father Christmas in this is actually quite horrible as well. And there's a bit when he gets Krampus to release a child who's in a cage, and he calls the child a little piece of shit or something. You know, swears. Yeah. And I wonder if in their head they thought, oh, this will be funny. And me describing it, I almost feel like it was funny, but it really was not funny. It's not funny. It's just bad. Yeah, the thing. It's, it's just, just bad. tragically bad. And I, the funny thing is, I no doubt will watch this again <laughs> because at some point I will sit someone down and say, "You have to check this out. Can you believe that this level of poorly made pap has actually made its way out of someone's home video machine?" But it is interesting, and I do think it's something like not. That- 
be, just because I, I I stumbled upon a couple of films that were in this level of badness mm. on the Amazon streaming service. Um, I can't remember if they were horror or not, but just like you know, films that I just sort of dipped into and just were so obviously amateur productions yeah. and looked in. You know, there's nothing. And the thing is, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's nothing wrong with guerrilla filmmaking. There's nothing wrong with Look, a with something. That one of, of my favourite movies is Clarks. Yeah. Okay. That is absolutely like. Kevin Smith had like half a term of film school or whatever. Like he came back, he made this on his, he made Clarks on his credit cards, and it's great. It's not the most visually inventive thing. Although frankly, it's pretty visually competent. Mm. The script is great, the story is great, the performance is together, the actors are fab. Like Clarks is I love Clarks, and it was a landmark film in indie filmmaking. But what is astounding is this had four times the budget of Clarks. God, really? Yeah. Wow. What was the budget of this then? Would that make it about... 200 grand. 100 grand. 200. 200 grand. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what they spent that on. I have no idea. I can't I can't see what they would have spent two grand No, but it's, well, that's the thing, because the camera work... I mean, I know we've already talked about the autofocus, but it looked like it looked like the kind of camera work I've done with my crappy Canon 550D. You know... Yours looks better. <laughs> well, thank you, dude. The only thing I would say in defence of this film is that I... The thing is... I haven't made any films yet. I respect that these people had enough drive, had enough whatever to actually get not only get their film made, but get it out there, get it on Netflix, whatever. That sh- that shows some sh- that's some, amazing. Some drive, it's amazing shots par to actually <laughs> sold this thing. But is I it good? Agree. No, it is not. No. Should you watch it? Yeah, watch the first ten minutes to, to see. Once again, I said this about Legally Blondes. Legally Blondes is a masterwork compared to this. So if you want an inspiration as a filmmaker to see what you can get away with, do this. But watch this, or watch the first 10 minutes. If you haven't seen Clark's, do yourself a favour watch that. If you can track down A Fistful of Fingers as well, which is another example of this kind of thing, which is um, uh, Edgar Wright's first movie that he made with his mates and sold himself to Sky. Oh, really? Yeah. Try to do that because that's not very good either. Yeah. But you can see the promise in it, and it's not made anywhere near as amateurly as this is. Mm. Uh, by the way, I, I I stumbled upon a Christmas horror film that I want to see that I've not seen. It's a short called Treevenge. It's uh, Christmas trees ripped out of the forest plan revenge against the people enjoying their holidays. That sounds like it could be cool, or it could just be the happening. Well, it's by the bloke. Who I think it's the first film or an early film by the bloke who did um, Hobo with a Shotgun and and stuff. Uh, that yes. guy I've forgotten his name. Uh, now. Okay, but anyway, just thought. Yeah, so have I. That looks that looked fun. Anyway, so this cool. film was balls. So next time sequels. Bye, Ben. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next time uh, sequels. Uh, like we promised last time, we've already watched them, so we know what they are. Yeah. Um, so we can record. We're going to keep it secret. We've also got had a, a lovely listener uh, suggestion. Oh yeah. Another. Um, user-generated genre. Oh, good. Um, uh, to do martial arts movies, so we may well do that in the very near future, post sequels. I thought I thought you didn't like martial arts movies. I like good ones. Oh, oh, okay, good. Not bad ones. I'm just well. I just like ones that I don't get bored. Yeah. Like I love Drunken Master. That's great. Huh? I didn't get bored of that at all. Oh. And I think forty minutes of the raid is fab. Mm. After that, it's just a bit samey. But um. No, I'm all up for. I, I really want to see a martial arts movie that gets me engaged and excited. Yeah, that was um, from our listener Jamie. Thank you for the genre suggestion. If you want to be a part of the podcast, not literally, because uh, we don't want you. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> not really, but true. But if you um, if you want to be part of the podcast by suggesting a genre, suggesting a, 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 a read for the title, that it'll change to that one. Um, or suggesting anything else then just get in touch yeah. wewatchanything at gmail.com or find us quick smart at wewatchanything on twitter likewise and facebook slash wewatchanything is another home that we live in so any of those methods you can get hold of us and you can holler your I don't know if you use the word holler holler your wants you can wants. get hold of us that's a weird way of putting it what? holler your wants yes you can get you can get hold of us and you can you know tell us anything tell us anything you like although you know if you want to get deep and meaningful about secrets from your childhood probably best not to do that on facebook no although i do want to hear about the ash bones thing 
Yeah, oh, that's true, actually. Ash and Bones. Ash Bones. Did you get threatened with Ash and Bones? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, that's enough for us. I hope you all have a phenomenal Christmas and get everything that you asked for. And I really hope, for your sake, that Krampus... Sorry. The... I was just trying to get you Christmassy again. I think Krampus has taken I'm, I'm away your Christmas up, I was running up to a lovely end thing. <laughs> I love I was, derailing um... your end thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I live for. Sorry, go so on, dude. We go hope on. you have Christmas-y. a fantastic Ooh. Christmas. You get everything you ask for. You've been good little boys and girls. And that you don't have Krampus the Christmas devil visit you on your screens. Until next time, it's goodbye from me. And me. Bye. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh,